Hello and welcome to episode number 225 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We are seeing another movie this week that we've wanted to see for a very long time. I know, what's this um, all about? Yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, obviously, we are now in December, which is um, quite a relief, to be honest. You know, <laughs> being in the final month of this god-awful year. Um, is it? Not, yeah, I was going to say, not that anything's going to actually change in 2021, but just kind of like mentally, I think we're all just so done with this year. <laughs> um, so to finally be in the last month is great. But um, we've actually hit a little bit of form, really. Um and actually mm. seeing movies that we were excited for or at least wanted to see in this year, which is always good. Um, because, yeah, what did we see? Uh, what Run. did we see before was Run last week? Yeah. What, what, and there was one before that, right? Wasn't there? Um, yeah, well, it was um, Antebellum, weren't it? Oh, yeah, Antebellum, mm. yeah. I forgot yeah. about that one already. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, now this week um, we finally get to talk about Train to Busan Presents Peninsula, um, which Let's is... Let's call it Peninsula, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which has had like a, just a mental kind of lead in, but we'll get to that when we talk about this film. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been, think- it's been a saga pre COVID was a saga. Yes. hundred percent. Um, uh, but yeah, we have finally now seen it and we'll get to that discussion Ooh. shortly. Um, but yeah, kicking things off with the news and we kind of had like about three weeks in a row of just insane news. Um, mm. Loads of different stuff, really interesting stuff as well. Um, this week, there's two news items and um, one of them really isn't that interesting either. I just literally just added it because like, I can't have one story. Yeah. Um, but this first one kind of it's not so much interesting the movie we're going to talk about, but it's more the general conversation of, of what's really we've been talking about for the last six to eight months in regards to delays um you know production companies shifting to demand or just indefinitely delayed and all that conversation Mm -hmm. um and kind of streaming platforms trying to pick up these movies um so this one is around godzilla versus kong um which kind of again was going to come out i think it was already would have been out around this time like november uh, 2020 um i think it might have even been may at some point this year but yeah eventually got pushed um to next year uh, may in 2021 um but basically there's been some companies sniffing around trying to get this one on their streaming platform um kind of the the most notable one being that the hollywood reporter has reported that netflix uh, made a 200 million dollar bid um to bring godzilla versus kong uh, exclusively to their service um but apparently Warner Media, who I think are kind of, they must be behind the movie in some capacity, um, have blocked the deal um, because they were preparing an offer of their own for HBO Max. Um, HBO Max is like really <laughs> gone into things, isn't it? Yes. So, yeah, this is kind of off the back that they will be having Wonder Woman this year, um, which kind of went under the radar for me. I hadn't really noticed that that is what's going to be the case or like when they officially announced this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's coming to obviously theaters if they're available, but it will be coming to, to HBO Max this kind of around Christmas time. Mm. And, um, is it Christmas Day or something? Pro- possibly, yeah. Um, yeah. And this is obviously massive. And um, mm. it's weird because, yeah, as of right now, HBO Max is like not available in the UK, which is madness. I, was gonna say, I think that's why we just kind of gloss over it because it's like, yeah. Oh, great. We can't see it. <laughs> I know. And th- this is really weird because, like, obviously, Hulu has been a weird one for us for the show um, because that is also not available easily in the UK. Um, but, like, HBO Max, HBO are obviously like the kings of TV. No, no question mm. about it, I think. Premium television. Mm. Um, but the fact that they are getting into these, like, big movie releases now as well. Yeah. Um, you know, like the Schneider Cut is obviously getting a lot of press and all that stuff. Like, there's a lot mm. of stuff coming to HBO Max. And the fact that it is not available in the UK right now is surprising um because they need to strike a deal with someone like sky in the uk because like i think haven't we jumped down this rabbit hole or was it with hulu that at one point Mm. it was available in the uk as like a premium channel on top of your sky subscription but at this point you can't pay anything for it in the uk that must have been hulu because hbo max is obviously pretty new it's only came out this year and obviously HBO shows traditionally do go to Sky. Um, Sky Atlantic mm. is basically HBO at times yeah. with a lot of their shows like Chernobyl and loads of other different shows. Um, so, yeah, this is why this is a weird news story because it's kind of just like the general conversation really surrounded this. But I find it fascinating that like people are trying to get these big budget movies for their for their platforms. Mm. Um, and Godzilla vs. Kong is a weird one because it's like 
it's clearly an expensive movie. It's clearly this event movie that kind of it's never happened before. Um, you know, these two titans mm. being in the same movie, but also, you know, the lead in movies, Kong Skull Island. And, you know, I talked recently about that Godzilla sequel that I watched. that I didn't think it was very good at all. Like they really haven't set the place alight with the, with the kind of lead into this big event movie. Um, so I don't think this movie is kind of primed to be this like insane killer at the box office by any stretch of the imagination. No. Um, but it is also kind of a big deal. And so it would be crazy to see if they could, if someone did buy this. Um, and I just think it's interesting that like these, these conversations are happening um because we keep talking about it so much don't we about how like you can't just delay all these movies indefinitely like i think uh wonder woman is a great example with this of like that's a big deal man like the first wonder woman Mm. did so well at the cinema um it's so so popular kind of like the merchandise is like through the roof as well and it's kind of crazy that that's going to come to on demand um and I wonder if, like, Disney Plus are obviously the main one now. Like, they've done so well in the UK, and they have so much Marvel up their sleeve. Like, we're we're at the, we're at a predicament right now where this is like the biggest gap ever between Marvel movies. Um, they literally have like three or four so, that so they're just crazy. sitting on, <laughs> and it's like, are they are they willing to to take the leap and just go like, right, Black Widow is on Disney Plus? You know, like I can't see it happening, but it would be insane if it did. Um, well, I, I saw that rumored that that it was in a promotional. That that was like yesterday or today. Um, okay, yeah, there has been rumors. Disney Disney had put out some promotional thing and it showed Black Widow in there and, and mm. for, for Disney Plus. And it seems like you know it's an, it's an inevitability at some point that like mm. these big places like you know you look at you look at like um, obviously for horror like um, uh, Bloomhouse and kind of yeah. Obviously, like Disney with their slate with Marvel and stuff, it gets to the point that twenty twenty one. We've said it is is way too congested. Yeah. If if we suddenly if clocks turn and twenty twenty one is the year that people seem to think it's going to be, which it's not going to be, um, there would be a major cinema release every two weeks for, mm. for the entirety of twenty one. So let alone when twenty one starts to become a bit of a shit show and we start to get even further delays, like it gets to yeah. the point that these companies like it's fine if you've got like one horse in the race and you're like well i'm just going to sit on that investment but when disney Mm. are like well i've got 12 movies we've already announced 12 more like we can't delay this phase of the marvel movies because we need the next phase you know what i mean like it gets to the point that they got they got to get them in front of our eyeballs somehow 100 percent, yeah that's that's kind of like the the one thing yeah they're the dominoes that have to fall Mm. and it's the things like you know like for us you know Candyman. And, you know, even like Halloween has to get out there at some point because they've announced mm. like the next one. Yeah. You know? and, and so it's like, but something like Candyman can just sit on, you know, because it's, yeah. it's just when it comes out, it comes out and like it might span sequels, but there's no, there is no sequel for Candyman until that movie comes out and performs. Yeah. You know, so like it's those movies that can just date for, forever. Mm. <laughs> you know? Which yeah. Is so difficult. Well, yeah, there's such a weird predicament, isn't it? Because it, like you say, it really could happen. Like Candyman is a great example of like there's only really one chance to bring mm. back Candyman to the to the popular zeitgeist and be like, mm. right, is this going to be a thing or is it just going to completely fade away? Mm. And so you have to be very careful when you release yeah. a movie like that. Whereas, like, um, we've already got Scuttlebug about Quiet Place Part Three. Yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> if, like, if, if that goes into pre-production. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, we could live in a world where that is in production before we see part two. And well, that is wasn't world... that wasn't that wasn't a rumor. They they announced mm. it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's not been. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's not like in. Well, I guess it's in pre-production. It is. Yeah, they months. haven't started yeah, like principal photography like, yet. But, yeah, it's yeah. Like, but do you know what I mean? Like, it's mm. going to get to the point that they've got to put Quiet Place two out because we yeah. need to see Quiet Place three. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's like what you said with Halloween. Like, I'm mm. like they clearly shot a lot of those two, you know, the two mm. movies that they announced ahead of mm. time together. And so it is true of what you said of like they have to start getting these out because yeah, Halloween makes sense. Like delay mm. a year, but like if they can't hit next October, what on earth do they do? They do? <laughs> yeah, because you can't sit on that footage for like three or four years and be like, right, then we'll release Halloween Kills, and then we have to wait at least another year to release mm. the next movie. Matrix it, Matrix it. Yeah, I know. Like, it'd be crazy if we did start seeing more releases like that because that just feels like something that would never happen in this day and age um, yeah i mean it gets to the point though that, like i say you just gotta chuck these movies out there it depends on the appetite i mm. think that's the thing like if we get to a world where we cinemas remain open for a length of time what is the appetite for cinema goers and at that point like if if movies because you look at like um 
2018 and the way that was, was it 18 or yeah when did endgame come out yeah 2018 yeah like there was like so many billion dollar movies that year that got that mm. came out like everything was making a billion and it was just like you know if 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 the appetite is there for that then why not check them out every other week i know that's 2019 it was, was it 19 was it eight yeah. was, what was it because when did Jurassic World came out? It was around about then. Well, Infinity it? War would have been the year before. Oh, I think that was it. I was thinking yeah. Infinity War because it was when like Jurassic Park and like the Fast and the Furious movie mm. came out, and just all of these movies were making like a billion. Yeah, there was, was a big... like there, there was like there was like a like like seven or eight or nine that came out in like six months. It was crazy, yeah. all in like the first half of the year. Yeah, it was nuts. Like, and it's just been so obviously a huge drop off since then. But mm. like, um. Yeah, it's it's interesting, like, the different avenues, obviously, because Tenet was the one that we get pointed to. Like, that yeah. was the one big movie that kind of released and tested the waters for all of these companies. And they've clearly analysed all the data and all that stuff. But I think with something like Tenet, it's like, you have to try different things. What I would have loved to have seen something like Tenet do is exactly what they did released it in the territories that they could do but then why couldn't they have sold to netflix quite early you know and been yeah. like okay it's out for a month in cinemas but now it's on amazon or yeah, now it's on netflix. like i think that is a real missed opportunity and i think that's where we need to start getting with these and it's granted we are getting to that like yeah, freaky it's, that, it's that it's that gentleman's agreement with mm. with the cinema that yeah. that's why they can't do that yeah, but like it's apparently that you know the deal that the Universal struck was seventeen days, so like that's yeah, not a big true. deal. Like I think a month is person is reasonable to me. Mm. Um, you know, if you said like, okay, this is going to be in in cinemas if they're open in your country and you and you feel safe to go for a month, or they'll come to whatever platform. Like I think that yeah. is a really cool way of doing yeah, it. Um, but yeah, this this whole conversation I think is fascinating, and it's it's one that I'm sure is going to dominate the conversation next year. Sadly. Um, but yeah, moving on. This one is is not as talkative. I just, I just kind of put this in there because we needed more than one. But um, it's regarding Hellraiser, which is always fun to talk about. And oh. um, <laughs> just just no, because Hellraiser's in a good place right now, apparently. Um, <laughs> what? Well, there's no films coming out. Like, <laughs> no, there's, there's films and TV shows, mate. <laughs> Did you forget they're doing a remake? Oh. Um, from. Uh, yeah, who is it? I can't even remember who's directing. Oh, David Bruckner is directing the the new um, Hellraiser mm. movie. Um, and then obviously there's the HBO TV series, which is the craziest news I think maybe of this year. Um, but no, this is regarding rights. This is always fun to talk about, kind of mm. the, the ongoing legal battles. And yeah, we're really not going to dive into this because it's it's honestly a mess, and I don't really find it that interesting. Like the Friday the Thirteenth stuff has been going on for years now, um, trying to fight over the certain rights. But I just found this kind of interesting because. Clive Barker um, seems to be in a position that he's going to get the rights to Hellraiser very soon. Okay. Um, and it's all part of the kind of copyright act. And it's something to do with like, it's 35 years after the initial published date and it, it, right. it can basically go back to its original owner and all that different stuff. Um, so this wouldn't oh, come weird. into play until next year, December next year. Mm. Um, but it basically means that he would, he would revert the reverts to the book hellbound heart and also the original movie hellraiser would go back to him. Mm. Um, and so he would have, you know, all creative control over future hellraiser projects at that point, um, which is cool because he's not been involved for a while. We, we already discussed a few weeks ago how he is involved in the tv show um and i think that's only a good thing like clearly yeah. it's like hellraiser franchise has been in the wrong hands for a very long time um and it can't be in better hands than clive barker so i think this is good news all around um i think it's great news and i think like it's it's nice that we get to this point like yeah. where these movies are going back to the the original creators because mm. You know, the, the, there was such like a wild west. You know, you hear about like um, Toby Hooper with uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. like and and just kind of like the hell he had to go through, and like Wes had it as well. Like, yeah. you know, Wes just never had the rights to Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, they were, you know, they they were they they were gone instantly for him. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of like. All of those, um, all of those directors of that era and writers, they yeah. just lost everything, didn't they? Yeah, and you know, you're seeing it. You're seeing it. A few years ago, King was putting out 
like mm. such strange IP. And now like his has clearly got to that point because, you know, his is now beyond that 30, 35 years for some yeah. of these things. And yeah, he's you know, got loads of like, his stuff back. You know, like it and shine in. And is, is it Christine that's recently gone back for him? There, there was like literally about eight different yeah. ones. I can't remember them all, but he yeah. got a lot of and, them recently. And, 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 you know, like I, I think it's good, you know, because, mm. uh, you know, the people that created these should, should have ownership of them. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Like we're lawyers by any stretch of the imagination, but this is, yeah. Yeah. If it feels right from a fan perspective exactly exactly like i'm i'm sure there's a lot more admin than than that but i just you know if you create something you know it's it's nice if you have ownership of it yeah like this is a much cleaner story as opposed to the friday the 13th stuff mm. where it's kind of like there's the writer victor miller versus the director sean cunningham and they're both kind of mm. trying to get rights there's also the whole predicament with friday the 13th which is kind of even more messy where it's like the original movie doesn't yeah. feature adult Jason Voorhees. So like adult Jason Voorhees is part of the sequels. So then it becomes a case of who has the rights to well, the yeah. sequels. And then it's like and... who has right to a hockey mask. And do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because, oh, I mean, you, look at, you look at like Charles play, you know, the, mm. the, the stuff we found out about that recently. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's, it it's was crazy. Mess. Yeah, but yeah, this seems good because like all of Hellraiser and what makes Hellraiser mm. great is all in that initial not like short story and the yeah. initial film. So yeah. he he will get everything. You know, he'll get Pinhead. He'll get all the Cenobites you want. He'll get the original you know characters mm. from that film, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, I just want Hellraiser to be good, man. <laughs> and I, I I actually have high hopes for this one. So ready to be disappointed. Um, yeah, I've got it though. Like. <laughs> Rob's not announced his next project. <laughs> you really want a Rob Zombie Hellraiser movie? I really do. I really do. And Richard yeah, I... will be Pinhead. Okay. <laughs> you can't be everyone, all right? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. We, it's fine. We already Bill, nailed Bill, the best Bill can character. Be another... True. Bill can be another Cenobite, and Sherry can be, you know, one of the Cenobites too. It's sort of. <laughs> you, you, know you know they would be as well. Um... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Danny Trejo would be a centibite for two minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. We're clearly just fell in time at this point. So there's congratulations news for only having two news stories this week. Um, yeah, I managed to talk about Rob Zombie. I'm happy. <laughs> shall we shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about Peninsula. Oh man, this is a, a, I don't even know where to start with this one. Yeah, this show was a journey. I mean, I think it all began with a little movie that we saw for the show called Train to Busan. Mm -hmm. Um, So it says 2016 on Wikipedia, (laughs) but we, we saw this in 2017, right? We, this was, this was one that we saw in uh, January, wasn't it? I believe so. I'm just now looking up our best of list. Yeah, we had it in our best of 2017 list yeah, and yeah it was and very so early I think on that was why like we we couldn't quite get our hands on it before mm. year ender and then so i think it was the first movie we watched after chris after a christmas break yeah it was um, definitely one of them and then i think we, yeah. even when we put it in our top 10 we were like we we know officially this didn't come out this year but we love it so much that we want to like put yeah, it on yeah and list. that's why we didn't even put it as high as it potentially would have like that uh, was number 10 yeah we just yeah, put it right I think we put it i think we put it there and didn't even think about where it would actually place no. we just thought we, you know we wanted it to be there because it was one of the 10 best movies we saw for sure yeah, and like Train to Busan is phenomenal. <laughs> I, I genuinely think it was, you know, one of the best zombie movies ever made. Um, <laughs> I love everything about it, the kind of emotion and the drama of it all. And it just, it's, it is that, it is a subgenre that kind of like I definitely enjoy, but my God, when it's done derivatively it can be one of the dullest things ever um Mm -hmm. and to see a movie that was like kind of so original like with that concept was just so refreshing at the time Mm -hmm. um and yeah i still still love that movie and so yeah this movie is um fascinating because it kind of got announced i believe sometime around last year um where the director was kind of returning to this world um Mm. at the time it was just it's peninsula oh it's vaguely zombies and that was kind of all we got told about it at the time um and then obviously as kind of more and more was revealed and especially with marketing stepping in um to kind of get that you know train to boost on love on this movie Mm. i think that's why we should mention that like it was just called peninsula in korea um but then everywhere else so north america and 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 where, where we saw it it is 
being sold as Train to Busan Presents Peninsula. Yeah, so weird. Um, whatever the hell that means. I mean, we talk a lot about shit titles on this podcast. <laughs> um, that is a really shit title. Like, yeah. how can the original movie present this movie? Like, it's it's a sequel, right? I mean, it is a sequel because I've seen this movie. <laughs> yeah, just um, either colon Peninsula or, hmm. or just don't bother. Yeah, it, it is a weird one. But either way, um, you know, we, we always joke about how terrible some of these titles are but we ultimately don't care um and so yeah it, it was kind of exciting to us right like train to busan a movie that yeah. we loved and here is a continuation of that um clearly it was going to be it's different thing we've kind of seen the trailers early on this year so we had a sense that it wasn't going for the same tone or vibe as the original movie mm. um but i was excited for something like different you know i was like okay he's doing zombies again but this director had so much talent with that original movie i just wanted to see kind of what he would come up with really um, i think i think the big thing about it was that um like you say train to busan was such a unique take on a zombie movie but it was also the, a really unique world it was mm. i remember when world war z got announced and every like i was excited about it when i saw like the footage and the way that the zombies were like swarms mm. and kind of and that movie never delivered on that expectation yeah. and train to busan was the delivery of that expectation for me mm. of like this zombie outbreak of this really different breed of zombie that are super interesting so like to get more from that world is um fascinating and i think it was kind of just like the more um the the more that they kind of talked about the movie the less excited i became yeah um because they it just always it just sounded so confusing about what it was actually about and like even now like that link to to train to boost on it is is slim like this is mm. just a, i mean this this is night and then dawn of the dead you know effectively yeah. in terms of and then you know or whatever like it's just the next romero zombie movie like this is i i've i don't know the director's name and i'm sure i'd butcher it um uh but but this is just like his next zombie movie you know yeah. um and and they're all like a similar aesthetic and in a similar sort of world but like you 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 get to the point like you got to the point with the romero movies that you can't fully like categorize them when you start to get to like land and land of the mm. dead and <laughs> whatever the, all the other ones are called um you know and it just gets to the point like oh it's just the next zombie movie oh yeah for sure it, it is definitely like that but this is a little mm. bit more clearer where it is like like the start of this movie it does state like here was this outbreak that happened in this part in korea and it is yeah. now spread basically yeah, and this is and this is it kind of a lot years later basically yeah this, um, is, this is four years later i mean i guess yeah. i guess do we just yeah get get into the get into the yeah, I was just the, uh, one other thing i wanted to add was obviously like yeah the release date got, got all over the place mm. um and i guess the, the one notable thing is that it was going to be kind of at fright fest um with the yeah. rearranged October Yeah, fright there was fest. a chance that we could have gone to a Fright Fest and seen this in the cinema. There was like yeah. a small window of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they tried their absolute best to sneak in between lockdowns, but it was just never going to happen this year. And so obviously mm. then the Halloween event, which became a digital event, then Lost Peninsula, which was a real shame. Um, but it yeah. is now finally out on kind of DVD, Blu-ray, digital services, all that stuff. Um, yeah. And we've finally seen this movie, which is mm -hmm. pretty cool. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah, what what is this one about other than zombies yeah so it's um a, a, as we've already kind of said it's it's four years after train to busan where um it was the, the opening scenes of this movie were quite uh quite on the nose for what's going on really uh mm. in in real world it was kind of like these news reports of this you know viral outbreak it just so happens that this is zombies you know but just everything like that hits really hard right now doesn't it yeah when um, you're watching it you think it's a reflection of what's going on right now when clearly yeah. it isn't and you just no. realize like oh okay the way it's portrayed in movies is pretty close to how it can actually exactly. happen yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah it was the, the opening scenes of this movie is almost like a, a an american uh news uh program of, of kind of like a presenter talking to an expert about kind of um the, the zombie outbreak four years on and basically um pretty much all all of south korea has been um boarded off and basically they talk about how kind of during the first movie there were rescue attempts and people tried to flee the country and it got to the point that um the the virus was spreading and and you know zombies were getting through the cracks and people who were infected were so they effectively just closed the borders and shut off all of korea and just left it mm. and it's just left um or you know chernobyl like 
now where yeah. the zombies have just been left to take over and i guess they're just gonna wait them out and that's that's kind of the plan and um yeah they we, said they weren't allowing like refugees from the country yeah, into other countries. yeah refugees aren't allowed to leave the people and and and, and yeah and, and no one's allowed in like it's just a complete quarantine no, no go zone and it's just been blocked off and mm. kind of like um we we get a very um early kind of uh the 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 opening kind of scene montage of this movie is um kind of outbreak day again for like a different set of characters and we get introduced to kind of our lead character and get to see his kind of um pretty heartbreaking kind of opening story Mm. and kind of um realize that he is one of the lucky few him and his brother-in-law um get to escape and and they are um uh, where are they living? Are they? Are they? They're in, in Hong Kong later. Hong on. Kong, yeah, and and we we join up with them living in Hong Kong uh, four years later, and they're still kind of completely socially outcast. They're they're still refugees. They haven't been accepted, and they're just kind of living um, in in poverty because everyone kind of is treating them like they're infected, even though clearly they're not, and mm. like just just not giving them a chance, and. Um, they are given the opportunity by kind of some criminal underworld that basically uh, there's a ton of money left in Tokyo. And, you know, there's a ton of, oh, not Tokyo, sorry, Korea. Um, there's a ton of money left in South Korea. And uh, somehow they, they've identified this truck or mm. I guess they tried to, it was a mission gone wrong where they've somehow managed to collect $20 million. I mean, there's so many parallels to video games in this goddamn movie. It's <laughs> hilarious. But like, yeah, basically th- there's a truck with 20 million US dollars in mm. that somehow is in cash and it's just been put into this truck. And it's, it's in a just, food truck. It's in a food truck in like a middle of like a very busy highway. Yeah. Um, and they're like, if you go get it, we'll give you like half the money. Mm. And so kind of um, our two lead characters and kind of two other characters kind of are kind of sent in under the radar that the criminal underworld have got like a, a, a you know contact where they can exploit the system and get them into korea and um they are that they're, they're basically yeah they've been tasked to steal the 20 million dollars and uh make everyone rich um yeah. by going into zombie infested south korea <laughs> um i guess that's you know that, that is the setup of the movie yeah. obviously um yeah beyond that uh things start to go down and obviously we um inevitably start to see not only the zombies that are that are left but also the people that are left behind that have created kind of their their own version of the walking dead or whatever you want to call it um Mm. in in kind of in in korea as well and we get to get to see those rules and it's kind of like a very you know a very different take to 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 what train was because train to busan was was you know day one outbreak and just just everyone living their normal lives and then dealing with this. this is very much removed from it yeah this is very it felt like this director's take on mad max mixed with like escape from new york where yeah. it's like here's this big area that just doesn't have any rules anymore oh and there's a shit ton of zombies as well so there's going to be people doing weird fucked up shit a bunch of illegal shit and yeah it's just it's just mayhem basically in all of korea at this point yeah um, and they have to go right into the heart of it for their mission yeah um, um so yeah i guess that's the the the, the premise there i mean i mean do you, want to, do you want to give me your thoughts on this one? Yeah, like I'll I'll start with the positive, which which was the intro. Um, I mm. really enjoyed the intro to this movie. I thought it did such a good job of putting you right back into where Train to Busan was, um, mm. and it kind of did feel like what you said of like this is clearly that same time and place, but just with a different set of characters. Yeah, um, and even though it was. I, I'm the the director of this movie slash writer is a hundred percent a fan of The Last of Us. I will not <laughs> believe a word if anyone says otherwise, because there are scenes in this movie that are straight up ripped out of that video game. Um, yeah, yeah. to to a point where I was almost laughing. I was like, okay, there's there's kind of like you doing your homage, and then there's also oh, this is just a live action remake of The Last of Us at certain points. Um, but I still enjoyed it, and I yeah, I really liked the intro. I really liked them mm. trying to getting on this boat and just the panic of like we need to get out of this place now because otherwise we're trapped here forever Mm. um i really liked that it was really tense and um i think then when you get into like 
the four years later and then when you get to what this movie's about it just it really like started to slow down very quickly for me um i didn't really care about our two lead characters um which is a problem um because they're kind of who we track for a majority of the movie um and i think that kind of that was what was so awesome about train to busan was like i was so attached to those characters on the train and i just really was like rooting for them massively this kind of like um, you know, there are there are real like ragabond set of characters, I guess, aren't they? Just like there's different mm-hmm. families that have all kind of come together to have this one singular goal, and it just worked so well in that movie. Um, I, I think, didn't really I think, care like, about these two. Yeah, like not to review the first one, but the thing about the first one was every character was amazing. Like yeah. the lead characters, I really got attached to the side characters mm. more than I have in almost any other movie, and it had great villains. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. They they nailed all of those different character roles mm. that they needed to. Whereas I think in this movie, I don't like our protagonists. I just found them pretty bored and pretty irritating. Um, mm. And I I found their main mission not interesting. Um, like again, it's worth comparing a lot because this is obviously a sequel. Um, but like the that initial drama of just getting out of the place is way more interesting to me than like oh here's this silly mission with a bunch of money on this truck and like. It's like I get that money is always going to be important and they're they're in a position in their lives where they need it. But it was also like, really, like, is there not anything else you can do in this world except go to literal hell on earth? Mm-hmm. Um, because you, you, you got out of there like you won. Like, congratulations. You got out of the worst situation possible, possible. And now you're just like willingly going back there pretty easily um, for what? Just for money. Um, it wasn't even like, oh, I must rescue my daughter or something like that. It was just money um mm. so i didn't find that compelling at all and then getting to what the actual movie is and it's kind of action sequences like it just it just switched like i just this movie wasn't bad but i was just bored by a lot of it like really bored um mm. like about 40 minutes in after that initial action sequence um that happens in the in the in the what is now the present timeline um i was like oh that was cool and then the movie just ground to a halt mm. and i think from the trailers and kind of them talking up like the mad max stuff i really expected this to be more of like a road movie of like we're 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 in Korea and we're constantly moving from place to place and we need to just keep moving because that's the only thing that's keeping us alive. Well, that's kind um, of what Train to Busan was as well. Yeah, and like so, I expected that just on a bigger scale. Um, whereas that's not what this movie is. Um, I guess you could consider this slightly spoilery, but that's just me being crazy, mm. I guess. But like they, the, the movie grounds to a halt and we get stuck in two locations with two different sets of characters, and then we're pretty much there for like an hour of the mm. movie. And I didn't find either of these setups interesting or, or remotely engaging as a viewer and I, this is where i just completely switched off for like an hour and then by the time we got back to like right let's let's set the story in motion again and let's drive this to a conclusion again we talk about it time and time again but at that point you've lost me um mm. and we're talking about a very long movie here um this is like a two hour long movie and it feels it and um it just didn't keep me engaged i didn't really enjoy the characters the action i didn't think was as good as well i think the only thing that was that was consistently great was the zombies in terms of like the actual physical ones um Mm. but i feel like it is of course worth calling out when it is good but it's like i can't remember the last time i saw something zombie related that didn't have good zombies at this point um and i don't want to get to the point yeah. where we're like oh, we're not even calling it out but it's almost to the point where it is like no you should just call it out no, when, they it's start. Like when we talk about indie movies with like yeah. quality acting it's like at this point that happens so often <laughs> but but yeah yeah and like because um, like even the walking dead which i obviously like humorously shit on on the show but it's like mm, i know the zombies, the zombies are, are world class on that tv mm. show and that's and that is a tv show mm. and even if you go well that's one of the best okay fair enough but there's plenty of zombie movies that have great zombies that? nowadays uh, was it that australian zombie movie um oh yeah had, the one yeah yeah, I can't um, remember the name of that off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, like I remember, us, I remember us calling out like how good the zombies were in that. Yeah, you know? like Aaron the Apocalypse had great zombies mm. as well. There's, there's so much stuff now that just has That's like they like yeah, people have nailed the way zombies look now. Mm. So like that to me isn't something that I can like shout and be like, well at least the zombies were great because it's like yeah the mm. zombies were great when they were like a physical. I should note that there's a key difference here because this movie is. Yeah 
very CGI heavy. Um, and my god, the CGI is dog shit. Um, <laughs> like, like it's bad, man. Like, it's really bad. Like, I don't say that lightly either because I think that it, you can say, oh, it was okay, but I don't think it's okay. I think it's bad. Like, the, there's stuff in the car when they're kind of like driving the car, and the car is supposed to be hitting these, like what you said, like the World War Z stuff, like these mm. literal thousands of zombies at a time and running them over. And it just looks awful. Like, it really did remind me of like the the like resident evil cutscenes on like the playstation one and i know that's not what it looked like because clearly it looks better than that but like that's what it felt like to me of like man this is just like this looks so out of place for a movie in 2020 it blows my mind um but yeah Mm. there's a lot more to get to i think overall it's it's not a terrible movie it's just kind of very indifferent and extremely forgettable and way too long um and so for all of those reasons i'm massively disappointed as a as a huge fan of the original movie and as someone Mm. who really did want to see this even though i'm 100 percent with you that kind of like the more i saw of this the more i thought oh this is not what i'd want from a sequel from the movie um even though like i wasn't completely down with where they were going by the time i started the movie i was like okay i'm ready for this to just be like a fun more action or an orientated kind of like mad max take and they didn't even do that well um so yeah i was really disappointed with this one unfortunately Hmm. yeah i think um for me this movie kind of netted out where i thought it would be because Mm. i was quite down on it like i got to the point that i wasn't even excited about it and it got to the point that even in 2020 i wasn't that excited about (laughs) it yeah um and the, the thing that was the most frustrating was the opening scene because the opening scene was so good mm. and it, it tricked me because <laughs> yeah. I, I watched the opening scene and I thought to myself, oh my God, this, yeah, because I haven't seen Train since we saw it for the podcast. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm like, it's a movie that I keep wanting to go back and watch. And then, and then I watched this opening scene and it just gave me all the flashbacks. It gave me the emotion and it was, you know, it, it was done in a way that, that's reasonably cheap to get that emotion, but it still got it. And it was, mm. you know, in an opening scene of a movie, it was extremely effective. And I thought, it's really set up something special here. And then this movie does so many things strange. And um, obviously, like, the, the blending of kind of Mad Max, like you say, and kind of trying to do that sort of stuff. The, um, the, the one thing that I found super weird was the use of language in this movie. Mm. Characters are switching language th- that's so confusing. There's like chunks of the time they're speaking English and, and chunks of the time it's it's subtitled in various languages. And it's kind of um, very confusing why that is. And I think it just makes it very difficult for, for a viewer. I think, um, yeah, I just didn't gravitate towards pretty much a single character in this movie. Like, there wasn't anyone that I had a real affinity for. Um, I think kind of the, the, the villains, when they come along and kind of, um, the, the, you know, the criminal underworld, they're, they're all just this, it, it all got a little bit zany. I think, mm. um, yeah, I think, like, what I liked about this movie was, uh, what you touched upon was the zombies and just how good the zombies are, how good the zombie action is. The thing that I found interesting was the CGI really didn't bother me the way it bothered you. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason for that was, is I really feel like this movie took a real stylistic approach that it was so video gamey. Yeah. Even when it wasn't, um, even when we weren't having like action that was CG action, everything was stylized and colored in a way that it almost felt like, like if, if you kind of look at it and pause it in the wrong bit and even looking at stills of this movie, a lot of them look like they could be like one of those resident evil CG movies that come out. Yeah. Like it's really shot that way. So then when we got this, every, it was almost like all of the car chase was dialed to 1.5. And because it was so unrealistic, it kind of just fitted in that world that it didn't Mm. feel out of place. It wasn't, they weren't trying to go for hyper-realistic. They were going for video game action. And therefore I just enjoyed the ride. Like I enjoyed the car chase sequence and it was just so dumb, but sometimes I like dumb like and and yeah it didn't it didn't offend me and it didn't i I didn't necessarily like i when i was going to call it out for working with the style it was going for as opposed Mm. to it looking bad yeah like i i can't argue against it looking bad but i just think that yeah what it was 
the whole world and the stylistic approach it was going for kind of worked for me and the way that these zombies work kind of they are this um uh you know you see in the trailer like it's almost like the critter ball that uh exists yeah. like the, the, these zombies become like a swarm and it is just this cgi mesh and it it's the only way that you could ever do something like that. Yeah. And I think like you either have to try to make it look hyper realistic, which I think is just incredibly tough on any budget and almost impossible. Or you go for this kind of stylized, you know, video gamey, if you like, I don't really know how to describe it any other way than that, but approach to no, it. I know what I you think... mean. It felt like a computer generated like film version of like dead rising at times. Mm, yeah. And I was like, I, I was okay with that. Mm. I think, um, the, the the biggest problem I have with almost, like, it gets to the point with every zombie movie or any zombie IP where the creators get bored of zombies and they're like, oh, yeah, the real problem's people. <laughs> yeah, and it I happens know, with, It happens with everything, you know. <laughs> it happens, you know, you, you t- talked about Last of Us, you talk about Walking Dead, you talk about Dawn of the, you know, the, 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 the Dead uh, Romero, you know, movies. Like, all of these movies, you know, the, the 28 Days Later franchises, like, all of them just come back to <laughs> humans are the biggest shit. Yeah, every you know? time. And it's, and it's just... <laughs> it's like the biggest I'm, trope of zombie movies, really, it, isn't it? <laughs> it, really, it really is. And I'm, I'm just done with it. Mm. Like, the second that we got, like, this Mad Maxi underworld and they had, like, a pit and I was like, oh, okay, they're going to have, like... Um, I remember um, uh, I listened to like a, an audiobook zombie uh, show that was incredible. I need to try and get the name of it. We're, We're Alive, it was called. It was, yeah. a, it was a podcast that came out and it was it was phenomenal. Um, I'd highly recommend it to anyone. And but like and I, I remember that doing stuff like this where it was like these arenas and like uh, zombies doing stuff. And obviously we got it in like creep show a bit, didn't we? Yeah. And, um, and like um i i love that as an idea if it's done well i really thought the way that they did this in this movie was just really boring Mm. it was just like chuck a load of people in a room and send a load of zombies at them for like a minute and a half and see who lives yeah and it was like that just wasn't exciting there wasn't there wasn't any tension and like i you know i again like you know go to all these weird references that you touched upon but i remember like in the dead rising games when you had like the arena stuff it was like so over the top and fun and like yeah nothing about the this movie was that fun it was just yeah there was a lot of filler in it and i think kind of you know i um took me a couple of attempts to get through this movie even then like there were points where I was watching this movie not late at night and yet I was getting very tired <laughs> you know, watching mm. it. And I think, I think it was just that, you know, it, 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 it's super long and it doesn't, it doesn't warrant that time. Yeah. I think like I would be hotter on this if they had just slimmed down a hell of a lot. Um, there are multiple points in this movie that, um, it, uh, I, I looked at the runtime and I was like, how have I got 40 minutes left? How have I got 30 minutes left? I was like, I don't know where the rest of this is going. And it just mm. kind of drags. And, and the ending of this movie, not to kind of spoil anything, but like it really drags and it really gets to the whole point of it, it becomes, it, it jumps the shark in the sense of it becomes too video gamey and it becomes yeah. just too, you know, what I touched upon earlier with the CG and how it worked for me. The ending, it was almost like a, a, um, a music from a Resident Evil game. And like, like, kind of the way that those games end was was almost how this movie ends, but it, but in like a really prolonged, cheesy way, and, mm. and it it really just frustrated me. And I was just like, I really need this movie to end now. And, and kind of when the movie ended, like, I think with with Train to Busan, I felt like I I'd been on a really fun journey. I had an excellent movie, and I kind of like enjoyed the characters' journeys as well, like wherever they ended. Whereas this one, I just felt like a lot of it was pointless. Mm. and i and i really and and i wasn't mass like i wasn't i wasn't like angered and i wasn't not entertained at times but i wasn't entertained enough to warrant that runtime and and everything else i saw so yeah it 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 was a shame because there there were glimpses of it because i do think at times you know the way this world looked and to kind of i think i think i'm always impressed when i see like a post-apocalyptic world like Mm. i just i just like to see it well they did a good job in this movie i think of making it feel like a world like you say it's not this 
yeah, it's not this small thing. Like this is a a big deal. When we talk about what the setup is, it's like this is an entire country, an yeah, entire this is nation all of South Korea that has been completely destroyed. And it does feel that way. Like you say, of like these long stretches of highway yeah. with just cars strewn everywhere and just like you know, cranes have been taken out roads and all this stuff. And like, I do and think that's stuff, cool. And it's stuff like you get the pan back and, and you see like the devastation of the city. And, and I thought that looked good. And you'd see like bridges that have been blown out and, and you really got a sense of, yeah, this isn't just like, Oh, they say it's, they say it's Korea. And then it's set in like one parking lot, mm. you know, it's like, no, this, this does span, you know, and, and I kind of wanted more of that where they span the city and it, it got to the point that, um the the they were so tethered to this truck that this truck got kind of stuck in a location and and mm. then we were tethered to this uh, uninteresting location for the rest of the movie that was fairly zombie light as well <laughs> yeah know? and so then it, it's just kind of not what i want from a zombie movie uh, yeah i think that's yeah. my take in general is kind of like it just wasn't what i'd want from this movie and i think mm. it's I wonder what the intention was. Like thinking about this, this director is is a fascinating one because obviously he makes Train to Busan, which for me was such like an impactful story and had such Ooh. a heart to it for a zombie movie. And I think what's fascinating is that he made um, another movie in between these movies, which was called Psychokinesis, which was like his attempt at a superhero movie um, in right. South Korea. And so I think clearly this guy has big ambitions in terms of the mm. types of movies he wants to make. I think clearly he's inspired by a lot of Western culture and kind of sees himself as a guy that wants to make, you know, a fast and the furious movie. He wants to make his big budget superhero yeah. movie, regardless of what it is. And so I think then when he comes back to zombies and clearly he gets tied to train to boost on, like we said, because of how successful it was and marketing wise, it makes a lot of sense. Mm. But I think, ultimately it just felt a little bit disingenuous putting that in the title because i think yeah. he was trying to make something that was completely different to what i would want this even remotely connected even tangentially like to train to boost on um mm. and so i think that's where i'm disappointed where i'm like i think he probably made exactly the movie that he wanted to make like he wanted to mm. make this huge big budget cgi fest and just make everything as big as possible and i think the fact that this movie lacks you know a story or like compelling characters i don't think he was interested in that i think he'd done that in train to boost mm. and i don't think that's what he was trying to make but i'm with you where the intro kind of trolls you and yeah. into thinking that you're gonna get that and then you don't um because yeah like the characters in this movie are just straight up like parodies at times and yeah. like like the villains are just so outrageous and then like even character deaths are done in the most like predictable over the top melodramatic way that you mm. can possibly imagine where it's just like well, you are literally following like the playbook beat for beat of like, how do you make an over the top zombie it, movie? It, it almost feels like, because at times this movie, like you say, it, the, the, the positives of this movie, I think, is the, the sense of grandeur and scope that he got mm. out of it. And, and it's kind of like, I feel like that is what he was going for. But then at yeah. times it feels like a bad parody of yeah. Train to Busan, which it feels like this would be someone else has got the license and making, you know, <laughs> making their version yeah. of it. And, it, and it's very <laughs> conflicting. Yeah, it's like um, make that movie bigger and better, but rip out like the heart and soul from yeah. it. Yeah, but I think I think one of the big things for me that this reminds me of a lot is Battle Royale and, mm. and Battle Royale Two. Yeah, uh, back in the day, that how different those two mov movies were for e from each other, and they were more extreme. Yeah, but kind of like when you f when you watch that first movie, and then and then like I remember just being so pumped when I heard that there was a second movie, and then like getting it and just being, what is this? Like this is mm. some sort of like weird like kind of the world has gone to war and it's kind of like this weird kind of modern day war that they're doing and, and they were this battle it was just such a weird movie mm -hmm. and like this kind of feels like that where it's like oh okay i'm getting a you know train to boost on albeit had very unique kind of setups with the zombies it was a very conventional zombie movie this is day one of a zombie outbreak people are trying to escape and the zombies do have some cool conventions but they are you know it's effectively a zombie you know very easy to get your head around zombie movie whereas this one is just like you say it's kind of bringing in the mad max where like yeah there are these gangs that are still in korea that have established these kind of bases and they are hunting people for entertainment they're kind of um making them do these events versus zombies but they're also just scavenging and trying to stay alive and it's just kind of like 
they have like these cars that have like these big lights on to kind of attract the zombies and stuff and it's all just kind of like there are glimpses where i was like this is kind of cool but then most of it just felt cheesy and missed the mark and i think kind of it's just so different to the first movie Mm. The the other thing I want to pick up on what you said about was like the the whole the fact that there's a lot of English speaking characters in this mm. movie. Like again, I think that to me anyway, my take it points to this kind of um, need for this movie to be bigger than what it probably should be. And so mm. it's like, okay, Train to Busan is this unexpected worldwide hit, and so you now have an audience that that are us, you know, that are like, mm. oh, we love Train to Busan, we want more of that. But I think they miss the mark because like. Like, take us, for instance. At no point were we saying, man, I love that movie, but if only they had a bit more English speaking in it. Yeah, I know. Like, like I'm watching a Korean movie that's subtitled. I don't need half a dozen characters to just throw in some English dialogue to make me feel included. Like, it, it like I say, it completely detracted I'm, I'm me and took me lie, out like, of it. Half of the time, I missed half of the sentence because I'm ready to read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then they were talking, and, and I'm kind of like, and I don't know if that's rude, but like kind of, I'm almost not fully listening to the dialogue yeah, because I know that like I'm reading it mm. and then suddenly there's no dialogue on screen. I'm like, well, yeah. hang on what? And I'm like, Oh wait, they're speaking English. And like, and like no, that's honestly, 100%, I miss stuff. That's a hundred percent correct. And I think that is, that, that is what I'm saying is like that mm. to me is a shit decision from whoever made that to to, i don't like any movie that is like constantly switching languages between Mm. me reading subtitles and me not reading subtitles and so i think that is you don't know because they're multiple characters speak multiple languages yeah so it's not like oh okay this is the guy that speaks english like no Mm. like at any given moment they just come out with some english and it was very confusing and so i think something like that just again points to like you know people stepping in saying oh you need that to to tick whatever box in other countries Mm. i think there's there's too many people stepping in i think they want it to be this huge thing like this was you know, this got announced and, and was like a big deal of like, man, it's Peninsula. The guy, he's returning after he made another movie. And, um, you know, this was selected to be at Cannes earlier this year. And like yeah. that sort of stuff would not have remotely been in, in his future were it not for the success of Train to Busan. So I think like it's a fascinating thing, like where this movie and kind of how it ended up, because I think it just got pulled in so many different directions mm. and they didn't know whether to make a proper sequel. He didn't know whether to just make his big over the top budget movie they tried to appeal to a worldwide audience where i think they should have just he should have just worried about making a great movie which is clearly what he did with train to boost on um so yeah it just ended up being a weird one for me like i said i don't hate this movie even though it may sound like i do um i was just Mm. bored by a lot of it and even though i'm with you that i think you know I, i didn't like a lot of the cgi when they were in the car i think everything outside of the car looked really really good um especially the zombie stuff um i think I think one of the things that I'd be interested to ask you is like, because I, cause I think so much of our frustration, and, I, and rightly so, is that this is a sequel to Train to Busan. Mm. And Train to Busan was one of our favourite movies that we saw that year. And so it, it does carry weight and expectation behind it. And like, how do you, it, can you remove yourself from that? And, and like, in, in the year of 2020, this movie as a standalone zombie movie, where, where does it lie then in your mind? I mean, obviously it's impossible, right? Mm. Because it is what it is. And like, I think the Mm. worst part as well is like, it's, we we thought and talked about this movie so much because it was like, oh, we're probably going to see it. You know, it got the US release, I think back in May and we thought we were going to see it then or or whenever cinemas reopened, like what was that, June, July when we saw Tenet? Like we thought, oh, we're maybe going to get it then. And then we didn't. And then it was like, oh, we might get to see it in Fight Fest. And then we didn't. And it was like... So we've talked about this so much. So it did have mm. this, it had way too much of a lead in for us. I think yeah. this movie, it wasn't like run that was like, Oh, we really want to see this movie. Oh, it disappeared off the face of the earth. Oh, it's come back. And now we're seeing it. It was yeah. like always in the ether. Um, but no, even, even trying. Yeah, I think it's been on our thing. docket for, since like yeah. May, that, like it yeah. might be seen it next week, like behind the scenes, but like, you never know. hundred percent. Like one of the longest ones we've ever had for the show. Um, but yeah, even trying to do the impossible, I, I think, again i don't hate this movie we've seen a a lot of movies that are way Mm. worse than this year but i've seen a lot that's better as well so i kind of i think it's middling to me i think if i'm being kind if i'm being really really kind this is like a seven out of ten movie but i would probably have it as like a low six um Mm. so again i don't hate it but it's like it's it's as far as i guess we're kind of we're slowly going into recommendations now like it's 
hard for me to recommend a two hour long subtitled movie which i was bored throughout a lot of it even though it has a lot of positives that we've obviously just discussed um through this discussion so i think you really have to pick from that like i think if you love zombie stuff there's some really cool zombie stuff in in here but but it's nowhere near the level of like train to busan the the only recommendation was do you like anything remotely zombies if the answer is yes you have to go see this movie immediately Mm. um that's clearly not the case with this one there's clearly a lot more nuances and you kind of have to take a lot going in um but yeah i I, i'm glad i saw this like it's i did say it disappointed me and it definitely did because it is you know a sequel to a movie that i loved and so that inherently Mm. is disappointing but it's not terrible it could have been a hell of a lot worse and like we've seen worse movies this year so i enjoyed the conversation surrounding it definitely um what would be your recommendation for it i don't know man (laughs) it's hard isn't it yeah i i think if you if you're a zombie movie fan then then sure like because it, it it does a lot of good stuff. You get some good zombies in it, but um, it's just that runtime more mm. than anything. Like coming out of this, even with all my other frustrations, it, I just think like you've got to make it a bit more cohesive. There's just a lot of really low points in this movie where there are just characters that I don't care about having extended scenes of dialogue with no action, whether it be people versus zombie or people versus people. There's just a distinct lack of that for big chunks of the movie. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's one that I wouldn't be putting a recommend on other than the fact that, yeah, if you like zombie movies, then sure. But it's, but, but it's just rough because I really don't hate this movie either. Mm. It just, it just, it's really just missing that special source that, that the original had. I think there's parts of this movie that as time goes on and the parts that were boring just get, you know, eradicated from a memory. There's yeah, like, I cool, there's like positive moments. Yeah, there's cool scenes that I think will stay with you. Um, one thing that's worth noting as well, just very quickly, is I just quickly mm. looked up the, the runtime for Train to Busan as a comparison. Um, I remember that, that was long, wasn't it? That movie's two minutes longer than Peninsula, mm. which, which mm. blows my mind. Like you say, I knew it wasn't a short movie, but the fact that it's longer than this i and think like, that's why that, like that's we crazy. do become the runtime police but it but mm. it is just like we really talk about the justification of it yeah you know that if you if you deserve to keep my screen on the eyeballs for two my, my eyeballs on the screen for two hours that's fine yeah but like um you've really got to earn that mm. and and even a great movie can become a a, a way lesser movie if you if you give give me another quarter you know because it's effectively what it is you know not you know uh, give me 90 minutes don't give me two hours that's like uh, got a load of filler in it yeah i think it just goes to show you that like a story can carry you for so far because mm. if you're engaged and you're enjoying the characters like you say like even those side characters in train well, to that's the thing, on, those, they keep those you engaged throughout those dialogue scenes that i'm talking about in peninsula mm. would have been enjoyable in Busan because i enjoyed yeah. the characters but in this you know there's kind of like i say there's a whole middle part of this movie where nothing we're getting towards kind of the the conflict again and there's just um it was just boring you know i really just just didn't care about any of the characters i'm like you're clearly going to go there and things are going to kick off so just do it Mm. like i don't really care what your motivation is your motivation is there's a shit ton of money like that's that's basically the motivation of this whole movie so like just go yeah (laughs) like escape and money basically (laughs) yeah go yeah so yeah i think that's pretty much it um yeah, yeah that was our discussion on peninsula we would take a short break and we will be right back So yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. Um, I don't know you if you continue in your trends. <laughs> no, I think we should stop talking about <laughs> it for even just a week. We we had our long um, Mandalorian discussion off air. Oh this no, week, I mean, so. I mean, have you had your trend of not watching any horror movies? Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> ah, nice, nice, <laughs> not nice. watching films in general. Like I've yeah, just watching yeah. Mandalorian and just playing a lot of video games. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm watching a ton of Disney movies, man. Fair enough. Like, it's that time of year. <laughs> why not? And then, and then, yeah, the Christmas movies begin. Oh but yes, Anna and the Apocalypse will be on that. Will be on that list for certain. I, um, hmm? 
I was just going to say, because we're going into like talking about the cinema and that's like reopening. I did see that they're showing Krampus at the cinema. And like, I was like, oh, that'd be a fun time, even though we did obviously see that when it did come out originally. But uh, I've got it. I have got it on the Blu rays. Yeah, same. I'm going to have to throw um, that one again. Yeah, for sure. But I think. yeah, I haven't. I haven't really been watching anything. The only thing of note is that um, uh, I have. I have jumped into that Demon Souls on the PS5, nice. and and yeah, my God, like it, it, it looks so incredible, and like it, it is just obviously like you. You've talked about these games, and you've played them to death. Like this is my first real life experience jumping into one of these games. I tried mm. to jump into Bloodborne and never got into it, but like um, it's. It's weird because it's not horror in that conventional sense of that I'm scared, but it's that um, adrenaline of like watching Don't Breathe, where like I'm just constantly on edge the entire time, like I can never I can never relax. And I think kind of that sense of tension, given with the way this game looks, like it is a, it is a truly great like horror game hmm. for, for that. And I think kind of um, I don't think it gets its plaudits for that. As, as often as because it, it kind of gets its so many things that it gets like its press for are the things that I think put so many people off. Whereas actually, if it's just like, no, it's this really super tense game with these crazy monsters in, like that's all you really need to, to, to get into. Yeah, for sure. And I think the best um, selling point is exploration and like mm. leveling uh, enemy design. I think those are the best things always about those games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just like, it, it's crazy how much of a good job they did. Obviously, like, it's a weird one for me because, like, I've not played the original, but just seeing this, like, it just, it looks so good and it kind of, and it, and it plays so well and it just kind of, you know, it, it feels like a, a, a 2020 video game to me. Yeah. Like, it, it, it doesn't, you know, I, when I played kind of Shadow of the Colossus remake, I, could tell that that was a game that was remade but i also had a ton of affinity for the old game so i kind of knew that what i was going into but like me going into this blind if if i was just going into it so blind that i didn't even know the history i could easily believe that this is just a 2020 game oh yeah absolutely like as someone who hasn't played the new one but has obviously seen it um i played mm. loads of the original i replayed it last year um the gameplay 100 percent held up even back then mm. and it is just the, the gameplay of those games is so strong they are some of the best yeah it's just, it's just the way games. that they look yeah like they did a great job of like keeping that and but then just like it's really pretty so it's like oh it's one of the best gameplay games ever made and now it looks like a ps5 game yeah now um, it's like one of the best looking <laughs> games on the console yeah currently. which is which yeah. awesome yeah um, one thing i did i just want to mention because i was just briefly checking our emails we had some emails that i didn't actually uh mention um oh. a couple from sean um who uh is obviously always on that blu-ray <laughs> it's mostly just blu-ray pickups now which i'm always jealous of um yeah he can't go to the cinema anymore so it's yeah. these crazy blu-ray pickups. <laughs> yeah exactly was um, is he is he on that i know he did last summer no, he did mention that, but he he recently uh, picked up the um, Dawn of the Dead one. So, oh, nice! Yeah. This was the one from Second Sight Films, yeah. um, which is it's a crazy, nice. crazy new collection um, with an insane amount of the detail. But yeah, this was kind of like a, a massive deal because obviously Arrow had the license years ago now, mm. and that's like the version that we have on Blu-ray, which has yeah. since been discontinued. Um, it goes for an insane amount of money. Um, yeah, and, and, and and it was one of my it's one of my all time favorite like Blu-rays that I have same like yeah. I, I love it and i love the attention to detail to it and, and mm. like the the amount of content that's on there and this second site one is, is better case of like do we double dip so much the still one like, is worth double dipping it, i think well, if you because you can get a full 4k version yeah which is fantastic and i think if mm. you if you're not lucky enough to have the arrow version and you don't want to pay you know silly amounts on the on the market then this is definitely the way to go um because there's not been a lovely blu-ray version or 4k version of this you know available so that's great um yeah but yeah sure. I, I saw him picked it up which is which is always great um and yeah he, he was talking about the um i know what you did last summer oh, okay um, nice he was just saying that yeah there's we were right in what we said that there is no restoration work on the release um mm. so it's kind of it is just basically a release of the blu-rays yeah. um but he he did also attach that he bought the 
um, 101 films release also of Silent Night, Deadly Night 1 and 2. Um, and this is like a 4K that was like re-release. A good one, yeah. Yeah, it looks lovely on the pictures he sent. Um, but yeah, mm. it's, in, it's new 4K scans that are like newly commissioned, you know, nice. releases um, nice. that look awesome. And yeah, perfect for this time of year. I've not seen either of these movies. Um, so it might be one that I need to check out over the holidays. Um, yeah, for sure. Have you have you seen these movies? I've seen the first one. I have right. no idea about a second one. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if it is a case of like, do people like the sequel? I really mm. have no idea because I've yeah, I thought there was only one up until this point. Um, yeah, if you'd have asked me like before that release, I I would have thought there was one. Yeah, but there's just um, so many of these movies that got weird sequels. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for that one, Sean. Um, mm. Yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. Um, like we said before, kind of cinemas are now officially open back in the UK again. <laughs> um, whether or not there will be anything to show is another question. It's funny. And because... yeah, our, our local cinema is officially open. It's just not showing anything. Yeah, so it is showing stuff now, but it's pretty much yeah. all Christmas movies. <laughs> you know, they're showing literally everything from Home Alone to Die Hard. Um so i always I'm wonder so, i'm so in yeah <laughs> i always wonder like how they get these it's so weird isn't it like how do you get a reel in like 2020 for these movies mm. like it must yeah, be quite difficult um for these cinemas to do but um yeah and, and then and they've just like I say they've got random movies like krampus that came out like mm. two or three years ago or was it like four or five years ago now um yeah so like, like it is a weird one but yeah we'll, we'll obviously keep our eyes peeled for new mm. releases um, but we know that Freaky is coming out this Friday on digital services. Um, yeah. So, you know, I really wanted to see this one at the cinema. And it sucks because, you know, our local cinema was going to be showing it literally the week before they closed. And now they're <laughs> open again. And now Freaky's coming out. But it seems like it's kind of like the whole cinema release thing is just kind of shit the bed and it's just going straight to digital. Um, yeah. But either way, we'll, we're going to watch that movie. So that'll be on, will be next week's show. And I, I cannot mm-hmm. wait, man. Really, really excited to check out freaky. Like, I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I feel because every time I see the trailer, I get super pumped. And every it's... time I'm not watching the trailer, all I think of is Vince Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really don't know how I feel. Right. Well, what you got to do is you're going to watch freaky. Every mm-hmm. time Vince Vaughn is on screen, just close your eyes and stick okay. your fingers in your ears. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's what I tend to do when he is on screen <laughs> ordinarily. So, I was, uh, was going to make an exception for this movie, but I guess I can just do that. <laughs> oh God! Like, this is our pre-review of Freaky before seeing it, which I'm actually genuinely very excited for. <laughs> Even though it doesn't sound too. that way, I, I am too. Like, but yeah, we will see. Yes, I guess, we'll... I guess. I guess. Like year ender is just around the corner. Man. It really is. Yeah, we're we're yeah we've only got a few mere weeks now. Where there's a couple. There's a couple more that are kind of on the horizon. But yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a hell of a show. Like, I think that's gonna be a very <laughs> fun one. I'm I'm really much looking forward to it. I I'm like we're gonna have to have some drinks for that. I show. I'm, I was gonna say I'm not gonna lie. I <laughs> plan on getting slaughtered before we even start recording because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I feel like that's what's needed. Yeah, like, it's it's going to be no, a unique show for sure. I don't think anyone in the world should look back on the year of 2020 and not be slaughtered because I yeah. think it's the only way you could ever look back on it with any sort of banter. And at the end of the day, I want to give some banter for the podcast. I don't want to give a real <laughs> review of 2020. No, <laughs> I, I think we're going to have to do this the same for when we actually decide all of the stuff for that show as well, because the show is the show, but there's a lot of work that normally goes into that show True. as well, given all the awards. So uh, that might be a a fun one as well um but yeah that was episode 225 where we discussed peninsula uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone